3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be telling you two stories. Um, the S.K. Pierce Mansion in Gardner, Massachusetts, and the Mud House Mansion, which is in Ohio, um, uh, Lancaster, Ohio. So, and we are, <laughs> so we just got done recording the Halloween episode, and it, it's it's a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and we have somewhere to be. Yeah, we have to leave in an hour. So hopefully these episodes are long. Good thing is, is I don't have to do anything. Like we, as soon as we're done, we can just go. So we just save the episode and go. I edit later. All right. We're going to start with SK Pierce Mansion in Gardner, Massachusetts. All right. The Victorian mansion on the corner of Union Street and West Broadway is one of the most intriguing houses in all of Gardner. To some, it has the ghoulish charm of the abode of TV's The Addams Family, while others have seen a likeness to the famed Bates Motel from the movie Psycho. Mediums and paranormal researchers have visited the house, pronouncing it certified haunted. However, there is an interesting history behind the former mansion built by South Gardner chair manufacturer, Sylvester K. Pierce. Stephen Taylor founded the first chair shop in South Gardner around 1830, but later sold out to Jonas Pierce and his brother, Sylvester. While Jonas did not remain in the business long, Sylvester took over and the factory began... Oh my God. And the factory buildings began to spring up on South Main Street as well as at 104 East Broadway Street during the 1850s. The mansion, which spans a daunting 6,661 square feet, first sign right there, I know, is named after its original owner, the f- successful furniture manufacturer Sylvester Knowlton Pierce. According to the website Haunted Victorian Mansion, Pierce purchased a circa 1820 house on the corner of Union Street and West Broadway, moved the house, and built his mansion on its foundation. The mansion took a year and a half to build, with 200 men working around the clock. Decked out with state-of-the-art features including gas lighting in every room, a massive Winthrop furnace, and running water throughout, it was a marvel for its time. Pierce spared no expense when building the three-story home, but sadly, he barely had time to enjoy the fruits of his labor before tragedy struck. Among the unique features of the house is the circular staircase leading to the fourth floor's widow's walk. In addition, the home once had a tunnel leading from its basement and across the street to the entrance of Pierce's former chair factory. The passageway has since been blocked off. The website Haunted Victorian Mansion also pointed out that several well-known celebrities frequented the Pierce Mansion over the years, including circus promoter B.T. Barnum, who would bring his big top circus to Gardner in the 1850s and developed a fast friendship with the local industrialist. President Calvin Coolidge and artist Norman Rockwell were also listed among the famous folks who visited the Pierce homestead. After S.K. Pierce died at home in 1888, the house was willed to his second wife, Ellen Pierce, who also eventually died there. 
The mansion was then left to SK's three sons, who spent years fighting over ownership of the family home and furniture business until the two eldest sons finally moved away. However, gaining control over the Victorian did not result in success or happiness for the youngest son, Edward Pierce. Tragically, his two-year-old daughter, Rachel Pierce, died in the home of a bacterial infection. Later, after the Great Depression depleted the family fortune, Edward and his wife converted the mansion into a boarding house to make ends meet. By 1965, the house was falling apart and Edward was forced to give it away to a friend, transferring ownership outside of the Pierce family for the first time since the house's construction. The fifth and final person confirmed to have died in the mansion was Eno Sori, a gardener, a gardener resident and World War II veteran who lived there during the years it was a boarding house. In 1963, he burned to death at the age of 49 in the maiden bedroom after his mattress mysteriously caught fire. Since then, several visitors and former residents describe having a similar experience in the main bedroom. Just for a second, they're met with the fleeting scent of something burning. The spirits of the late Pierce family members are said to make their presence known too. There are many stories of a childlike spirit, thought to be Rachel Pierce, playing in the rooms on the third floor. Eerily, though, these five are not the only spirits lingering in the house. I feel like I always smell something burning. I don't know why. Are you smelling toast? <laughs> no, I usually, I don't know. I said that the other day. I went downstairs and I was like, it's, and she was making sausage and stuff for like breakfast for dinner. And I was like, I smell coffee. She's like, I ain't made no coffee. I'm like, it smells like coffee. <laughs> My my sniffer does not work sometimes. After Pierce sold the mansion, it was known as an inn called the Victorian for the better part of 40 years. And it was located at the intersection of the former Route 68 and Route 2. Travelers to the city found it to be a welcoming and convenient stop along their, along their motor route. After the inn closed, the dwelling was inhabited by private owners for the better part of 40 more 40 more years during that span it was discovered that it was also apparently inhabited by several spirits while many haunted places have had owners who preferred their privacy the victorian was purchased and the owners renaming it the toriander opened for tours beginning in 2005 after being certified haunted by six mediums and paranormal and paranormal experts experts Oh my god and paranormal experts who visited the mansion it prompted the then sci-fi channel series ghost hunters to film an episode there have you seen that episode i don't know <laughs> i just know i haven't watched ghost hunters since i was a kid i watched ghost adventures ghost now. adventures yeah. okay that's different whatever it was determined that the dwelling had been supposedly haunted by a trio of ghosts what is this casper Oh my gosh. The first was reported to be a 19-year-old woman by the name of Maddie Cornwall, who once lived in a house as a domestic. Her name was found in an old gardener census and her initials, MC, were given to the owners of the house by a parapsychologist. The second ghost was allegedly the spirit of a five-year-old boy who enjoyed playing practical jokes, such as hiding car keys. The third was the form of a resident of the rooming house who died in the in a 1963 fire there. 
In the two years that Edwin Gonzalez and Lillian Ottero lived there, 2009 to 2011, multiple neighbors described seeing a little boy with yellow hair running back and forth between their windows, which is decidedly more creepy when you consider the fact that the couple didn't have children. But their own personal experiences in the home were far more terrifying. In addition to disembodied footsteps, slamming doors, and objects moving on their own, Edwin and Lillian encountered multiple entities throughout the house, including a shadow figure in the basement and a dark-haired woman with a creepy smile who may or may not have tried to possess Lillian. Full of horrifying anecdotes like these, their story eventually became the subject of a book, Bones in the Basement by Joni Mayhem. Spoiler, there are bones in the basement. Shadow figures and possessions aside, it's worth noting that not all of the ghost in the S.K. Pierce mansion is dark and menacing. Since the early 2000s, countless psychic mediums and paranormal investigative groups have visited the house, most of them describing the same few spirits each time, including Maddie Cornwall, the young nanny who cared for the Pierce children. It's believed that the mansion was the only place that really felt like home to her, and that her spirit acts as a protector of the house, keeping the other spirits in check and warding off any unwelcome trespassers. But soon, the haunted Victorian will open its doors and invite the public in. Late owners of the Pierce Mansion worked hard to restore the building, focusing mainly on the first and second floors. Unfortunately, time and money curtailed their efforts. A disclaimer on the website notes, This attraction is not for the faint of heart. There is a good possibility that you will witness paranormal activity. Guests were required to sign a waiver before experiencing the SK Haunted Victorian Mansion. It also came with the warning, please do not behave in an antagonistic manner towards these entities at any time, as you may be placing yourself and other guests in danger. According to Ken Watson, the home's curator, more than 3,000 people from all over the world have already joined the waiting list to spend the night. So are you with them? I think I could be. Would but you a 3,000 person waiting list. When are we going to get in? <laughs> I want to hop on it now. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I don't know. I would like to. I think that's cool. I want to stay in a haunted house or mansion I or feel something. Like, I feel like it, it's like the waiting list for the um, the Hobbit House Airbnb. Because that is like booked up until at least like it's always booked up like two years in advance. So I don't know. But. I think it'd be cool to maybe even just go see it, but why not just get on the waiting list to go there and stay there to see it as well? And I have to say, the warning of please do not behave in an antagonistic manner towards these entities at any time as you may be placing yourself and other guests in danger, I that is a rule that I would follow anywhere you go. Attack at Zach Bacon's from Ghost Adventures. <laughs> yes. I just I uh, that's just something that I would always heed because you just don't mess with stuff like that. Anyways, resources for this story were housebeautiful.com and thegardenernews.com. So, we're going to hop over to Mudhouse Mansion in Lancaster, Ohio. So, and these stories are pretty short, so that's why I put them together. They're not and they're both up north. I guess they're not very far apart from each other. but They're both mansions. So. And mansions. Yeah. Okay. Mudhouse Mansion was first located in Fairfield County, Ohio, United States, just east of the city of Lancaster. 
It was variously said to have been built sometime between 1840 and 1850, in the 1870s, or around 1900. Okay, so you got about a 60-year span when this house was possibly built. The Second Empire style makes it the eight, makes the 1870s seem most likely. It was demolished September 21st, 2015. So you cannot go see this one because it's not there. In 1839 or 1852, year uncertain, Christian and Eleanor Rue purchased the property from Abraham Kagey and Henry Byler. In 1919, the property was sold to Henry and Martha Hartman. Henry Hartman died in 1930, and the property was inherited by his daughter, Lulu Hartman, who married Orrin Mast. Her descendants still own the land today, and locally, the home was long ago known as the Hartman Place. The same building is described as the Rue Mast in the book Heritage of Architecture and Arts, Fairfield County, Ohio, by Ruth W. Drinkle. Like many abandoned properties, it had developed a reputation as a haunted house. In 2015, the Mudhouse Mansion was demolished by the property owners, the Mast family. According to that lore, a tavern once stood where the mansion later did. It was built on a hill outside of city limits so that tax and legal regulations could be more easily avoided. But being so remote, they didn't get enough customers to stay in business. In the early 1800s, the tavern was sold to a wealthy family who then converted it into a grand mansion. For decades, this would be their home until their own corrupt way snuffed them out. Head of the house was a local government official who insisted on keeping slaves, but slavery was not legal in Ohio. So to get around that, he had secret chambers and rooms built within the mansion. When not needed, the slaves were kept locked inside these hidden rooms. However, most days they would be made to work long hours in terrible conditions. Knowing that freedom lay literally just outside the walls of the mansion, one slave spent months slowly and quietly digging an escape tunnel. And then, one night, he escaped from captivity. It was the dead of the night. Carefully, he crept up the stairs, avoiding the creak of a single floorboard, and then cut the throat of his master, his master's wife, and their children. By the time their corpses were discovered, the slaves were long gone. Given the lengths they went to ensure the existence of their slaves was a secret, all authorities found were the hidden tunnels. The, the bodies were swiftly buried, and investigations into their murders abandoned. For many years after, the house was left to fall apart, but it was not forgotten about. Before long, rumor emerged of the house being occupied by a family of ghosts, the family murdered on that cold night. Before the house was demolished, many people have testified that they have heard the wailing cries of slaves and have seen the spirits of the deceased family that was murdered there. It had been years since the previous incident, but memory of it was burned into the collective unconsciousness locally. On moving into the mansion, the new family were never seen outside. Locals assumed they were just private people. Neighbors never saw them after they entered the house, and they thought it very weird that the family would spend all their time indoors. One neighbor went out to the house to investigate, and all he could see was the figure of a woman dressed in white, standing on the second floor window. The figure was just standing there and staring at her. It was said that the secretive family were members of the clan and used their grand home for meetings, but this explanation was only accepted by crazy people. After ten days, or six months, can't confirm because different websites say different things, of silence, authorities entered Mundhouse Mansion. Inside, they were confronted by a terrible scene. 
The ground floor seemed as if it had been untouched in months, decaying and covered in dust. But on the upper floor, they found the entire family hanging dead. All dressed in white, it appeared they had taken their own lives simultaneously. Nobody could understand why this family would end their lives on the day of moving into a new home. The truth is, nobody wanted to find out. Parents forbade their children from going near Mudhouse Mansion, fearing that anyone to spend the night there would be driven to suicide. It all fed into the original story, that the ghostly slave owners never passed on to their next life. They instead haunt Mudhouse Mansion, causing death of anyone who tries to move into their home. Also, I really hope that you guys can't hear the dog. For the dog, the dog has separation anxiety, and they must have left. And they, and the dog is sitting on the steps, howling and crying. So I just, you shouldn't be able to hear it with these new mics, and it's fine. But I just wanted to put that out there, just in case you do. The legend alone was enough to deter most from even dreaming of entering it. Since it first emerged, countless passer countless passers-by have claimed to see pale figures moving slowly on the upper floor. It's not unknown for people in surrounding areas to make the same claim today. In 1930, Mudhouse Mansion came into the ownership of the Mast family. They chose to not regularly occupy it, instead leaving the building to simply fall apart. Perhaps they knew what evil lay inside. They had a strict anti-trespassing policy, but due to the remoteness of Mudhouse Mansion, there was little they could do to stop it. At times, the home was lived in by hobos and criminals on the run. Why did they have to say hobos? They could have just said homeless people. That's... <sighs> Anyways. In the 1960s, stories circulated of a group of Satanists meeting there. By night, the group would enter the mansion and perform rituals to the devil. When word got out they had sacrificed a human baby, an angry mob set fire to the mansion, hoping the group inside, hoping the group was inside and would be burned alive. One version of the story told that the rumor was false and the group were really just misunderstood hippies. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hippies are hippies are misunderstood. I don't know if I should read that sentence. When did we burn hippies? Yeah, okay, so the next sentence that I'm reading is, in this paragraph says, I suppose burning hippies to death was America's national pastime in the 1960s. It wasn't baseball, let's face it. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't remember history of us burning hippies. No. Just cults and stuff <laughs> i don't know we're just gonna skip over that sentence like it didn't exist over time mudhouse mansion became known as a popular destination for urban explorers being an abandoned victoria Aaron mansion and on the site of interest for paranormal investigators another tale of folklore w that was often repeated is that the house was the original home of bloody mary she is the apparition that supposedly appears in the mirror after you repeat her name three times and will scratch your eyes out and haunt you for the remainder of your life. Children in town have even called Mudhouse the House of Mary. According to traditional folklore, all her children were killed there either by her, hus by her or her husband. Some people believe that the tale of Bloody Mary originates from the 16th century tyrant monarch who was the daughter of King Henry VIII of England and Catherine of Aragon of Spain. 
but the folklore connecting this ghost with Mudhouse Mansion has been around much longer than the latter one. According to the legend, there was a man who actually brought who actually bought the house in 1892 and he moved in with his wife and three children there. Finally, there is a tale that a family moved into Mudhouse Mansion around the early 1900s and mysteriously disappeared. When nobody could discover their whereabouts, the local authorities searched for them and found every mem- member of the family hanging in a secret room. They were apparently wearing pure white garments. A woman named Colleen once explored Mudhouse in 2001, and she recalls hearing a whole group of people moving around the third floor of the house. They went upstairs to talk to the people they assumed were causing all the noise, but they found the entire floor and the rest of the house completely deserted. There was no one else there but them. The mansion's neighbors reported hearing shrieks and groans coming from the empty mansion when it lay abandoned. People who live in the area say that on cold, dark nights, you could sometimes still see the figure of a woman, all in white, standing motionless at the second floor window. After that, nobody would live in the house, and it has remained vacant. Although people still came to visit the old mansion, but the last owner did not allow anyone to enter the property. She was afraid that if anyone went in, they would never come out alive. Local teenagers would challenge each other to spend the night in the mansion, knowing the legend foretold the death of anyone who did. It got to the point where the Mast family started prosecuting everyone known to have entered the house. Having been abandoned for decades, Mudhouse Mansion was literally falling apart, going into the current century. It was a hazardous place, posing a real threat to anyone ridiculous enough to enter it. So in 2015, the Mast family had Mudhouse Mansion demolished. Ostensibly, this was to eliminate the possibility of a trespasser being injured while inside, which might in theory have made the family liable for damages. But there are people who give another explanation. They claim the legends are real and the family knew that some kind of darkness lay inside. And so after decades of deliberation, they decided to eradicate the problem. Some were made sad by the loss of the ghostly landmark. Others were glad to see it go. But no one forgot about Mudhouse Mansion. People still came from all over to visit the hill it once stood on, but all they find is rubble. Whether any of these ghost tales are true or not is unknown. However, what is true is that Mudhouse Mansion, for well over a century, was considered to be the most morbid and haunted place in all of Ohio. It speaks volumes that such a place would gain such a reputation that hundreds, if not thousands, of people would come to visit from all over the country every year in order to get a thrill. It is sad and unfortunate to see the to see a historical landmark destroyed, but I'm sure the owners felt compelled to do it. Sad that it's not there, but you know, it sounded like a pretty bad place to be. Yeah, it did. It did really sound like that. Not one I would tour. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Okay, resources for this story were I had a lot. Wikipedia, mentalitch.com discover.hubpages.com hauntedrooms.com anomalien.com and escify.com so maybe we'll go see where the hill is on one day who knows I hate Ohio sorry if anyone's from Ohio (laughs) listening why do you hate Ohio everyone hates Ohio didn't you know that no I didn't even Ohioans oh my god okay it's a terrible place (laughs) oh my god Okay. (sighs) But on that note, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time.
That's it for today. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and listening to our show. Don't forget you can find us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All the links can be found on our website, 3, the number 3, not the word, 3amtalesofterror.com. You can also subscribe with your email for updates there as well. If you have any questions for us or story ideas, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we hope hope you were terrified. terrified.